It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. We call it Soccer Podcast, the MLS Podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm Manu F, and as always, I'm joined by Jack. Hey, Jack, how's it going? Great, Manu, how are you? Yeah, excellent. Nice to be back on the West Coast. You know, we had a little bit of a scare over here on the West Coast, a tsunami warning. And, you know, I was uh, up very early, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, phone was ringing, flashing signals. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of scary stuff. And then the, the entire wave was five centimeters. Yeah, it's always better, I guess, to overpromise and then underdeliver. <laughs> In that case, better be safe than sorry. Yeah, definitely better than safe than sorry. I mean, pretty scary earthquake up north in Alaska, 8.0, I believe, um, across the border. But yeah, yeah, well, that's that was that was my uh, welcome back to the West Coast uh, moment. Because the last time we did this podcast, I was still in Germany, and um, we discussed Toronto FC winning the MLS Cup. And uh, it was a very Canadian-flavored um, podcast, of course, with Canadian national anthems and the whole whole spiel. So uh, we're doing it a little bit different. I guess we're also going back to our original soundtrack, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I think we have to go back from O Canada, uh, Toronto. Earned it last year after the MLS Cup final victory over Seattle, but got to go back to our roots. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> 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 it's too bad i guess it is it is mostly a u.s-based league even though canada seems to rule it right now but um yeah there's some, been some interesting stuff happening since we since we last went on the show there was a few transfers some of which we're gonna discuss of course on this podcast but also the mls draft and you know i'm always i always find the mls draft a little odd because it's such an such a weird system when you compare it to the other north american sports right because in nhl um, MLB, um, NBA, the teams do not have youth academies. They completely rely on drafting players through the the minor leagues, youth leagues, and colleges, right? Uh, MLS is a little different because they do draft from the colleges, but most teams have their own academies on top of that. And then, they, of course, they transfer players in from outside the league. Um, of course, in most of the other North American-based leagues, you will actually, you actually have to draft players that are coming in from outside the league as well so it's a it's a bit of a weird uh multi-stage system isn't it it's not really comparable to what the other leagues are doing no not exactly and that's uh it has to be of course due to the nature of the sport you know um gridiron i guess or american football you know it's not a game played globally basketball is a little bit but hockey is just u.s and canada really and then you know a little bit in europe but uh and baseball, of course, you have you have players all over, even as far as Japan, but Venezuela, uh, Dominican Republic, you know, we've seen Cuban players over the years. But with soccer, of course, 
everyone plays it everywhere and teams aren't just going to let their players go because uh mls team drafted them or something imagine if they were just saying oh we're going to draft christian pulisic because he's of an eligible age to come like uh some college players would have been <laughs> but that said there is discovery rights right teams have discovery rights for certain players so ba when bastian schweinsteiger we were going to mention a moment there um, when he signed first for chicago is because chicago held his discovery rights and i believe you can trade discovery rights as well so some teams can claim and i we were we were joking a while back um I wonder who discovered Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. Someone is holding those discovery rights. Yeah, maybe Mina Raiola holds a bunch of discovery rights as well. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, there is an actual draft as well. And there are foreigners being drafted. And I think the most interesting one is, of course, the number one draft pick, um, Joe Martino. Famous name, um, not to be confused with the other Joe Martino, who, of course, is having a very successful career over in Europe. This kid, um, we have to be honest, we, we both watched the draft, right, on the MLS live stream, and we saw the scouting videos, etc. But it's not always easy to follow what they're doing in in college football. And college football, of course, is also very difficult to align with with the academy systems and the other football that's going on but we we were pretty impressed with joe martino and what we saw with him well yeah and with to get into it a little more the north american season that's different than the european calendar of running from august to may i guess um because in college it's a fall sport so you're only really playing it from august through december and even the championship it's three games that are two games that are packed into three days in the final weekend of it so uh yeah it's it's a little bit of a different system and the rules are a little bit different too uh we're not really going into it now but you know you can be subbed out in the first half and return in the second half so it's a it's a different sport kind of in in some ways but yeah um like we saw uh, joao martini out of akron and we've seen deandre edlin come out of there in the past uh it's a school that has a pedigree that's developing for producing talent that can succeed in mls and um in other leagues across the world as well Well, I guess the the really interesting thing about it, and I get a sense that teams take, took it a bit more serious, because of course, and this is something we discussed off pot, is um, Julian Kressel's success last season, right? A kid that came from the fifth division in Germany, and by many accounts had already finished with professional football in his head, and just came over to the United States to play college and get an education. And then was very successful in college playing there and got drafted by Atlanta United. And by many accounts was the best player in the league last year or the most influential player in the league last year, right? With the, in that midfield setup that he had. And I got a real sense this year watching this draft that teams were saying, oh, we, everyone was looking for that Gressel moment, right? Seeing, trying to find that player because it is a good way a cheap way to get a player straight out of college to sign for your team you don't have to transfer him you, you get him and then you own the rights to them and i felt that every team was sort of looking um, not necessarily for the exact type of player but every team was looking for the franchise player that could make a difference yeah i think it's more important now to try to find just the best players you can obviously in some situations you'll take one for a need area of your team but it's not about just taking the some maybe you need a, a left back or something now if there's not one available just take the best player that's going to help your academy and hopefully your first team in the future and yeah maybe get a loan out to somewhere else because we're seeing the usl 
be even more influential and i think it's only going to continue to gain influence as the third division looks to be added next year which that's another subject we'll get into later but yeah gressel was taken eighth by Atlanta united last year and i'm just going back looking at his stats from his senior year at providence and they beat top-seeded maryland in the in the ncaa tournament they didn't make it to the finals or anything but he had the golden he had five goals in the playoffs and you know uh 15 goals six assists in the in his senior season so he he was a player that was influential then but you know like you said he probably didn't have aspirations of coming to play professional in this country when he came over so it's just something that shows you can develop over time and it's another opportunity for some of these guys Mm. so now what with Joe Martino he's of course going to an expansion team the LAFC and like Atlanta last year LAFC there's a there's a lot of expectation on that team because of of course Wood is signed already Carlos Vela is the big name Bradley is the coach they um, spend big on the coach similar to what Atlanta United did last year right spending big on the coach and um trying to identify players really quickly that can make them competitive right away. It's not like what Minnesota United did, for example, that basically took their USL team, right, and um, placed them in MLS and hoped for the best, and the, the best wasn't great. But uh, in this case, I've, I feel like LAFC are really are really trying to build something here to be competitive right away. And so this this draft pick, Joe Martino, I I feel and when you when you listen to uh, Bradley afterwards and his comments um they expect their draft picks to go straight into the team and be a factor for this for this team right away in the first season. Yeah, and that's something that you would hope for when you have the number 1 and number 3 picks overall which they acquired the third pick overall from DC United giving up 200,000 allocation money split 50-50 gam and tam 100k of each uh, and took Tristan Blackman. So, you know, we had talked about them a little bit before, I think right after the expansion draft and they were adding a little bit to their squad but needed some defenders, so taking two defenders very high in the draft, mm -hmm. you hope these players can contribute like you were saying, Manu. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, when you look at the squad now, it's another player and we sort of mentioned him last time, right, as the the Uruguayan forward that they took and um, Diego Rossi, yeah, Diego Rossi yeah. 19 year old and we're getting into young South Americans not just older South Americans at the twilight of their career but young South Americans coming over to MLS and um, being impact players right away that's that's a topic that we're going to discuss a little bit later in the pod but when you when you look at their squad now it's this is this is a good this is a good team that they're having put together there um, in terms it's very balanced there's a lot of youth in there um, some experience young exciting South Americans um, Carlos Vila is only 28 you know he's still a player in his prime mm. um, Benny Feilhaber of course really experienced midfielder who's played a long time in this league already of course there's the, the squad is still a little thin I, I expect there will be uh, more additions but when I look at this team this this is going to be an exciting team to watch yeah and i think having having players like like benny filehaber as you said uh he's he turned professional with hamburg and has played in in england and in denmark you know mm -hmm. so helping some of those foreign guys now integrate into mls and like you said a mixture of young talent and some experienced guys that kind of know their way around i think is gonna help lafc and especially if the galaxy aren't 
up to their old selves, I guess. Like they, it's been a bad couple of years for them. So I think I don't know. I saw something on Twitter today when a fan said he was changing his allegiance from LAFC to LA Galaxy. I guess I'll just spit it, or from LA Galaxy to LAFC to Ooh. just spit that out. Ooh. Okay. Uh, that's that's. I would say that is at least a little bit controversial. <laughs> that's just yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. The Galaxy is an interesting one for me because, of course, they drafted second and, and they picked up Thomas um, Thomas Hilliard Ars. Is that the right way to say yeah, it? Yeah, Thomas Hilliard Ars, I think. Ars, um, Stanford won third straight national champions, a big part of the last two teams. Um, Defended as well, like Joe Martino, of course, the center back, right? Not a yeah, really back. strong central defender, yeah. big, imposing uh, physical figure, but it runs really well. And yeah, he's, he's good in the air. That's what I saw him play last December or December 2016 when they won that second straight national championship. And he was a really good header of the ball, you know, I think he'll, he'll help them out. And already 22. So, you know, not he's not not an 18 year old coming into this team he's already fully grown and fully established um i i, I struggle a little bit with la galaxy of course they, they for so long they were defined by david beckham and the, all the stars that played for the side but they that identity seems seems a little lost at least um currently of course jonathan dos santos and giovanni dos santos playing there those are still very very talented players and um they added um ola gomara as well right so i i feel I, i'm a little bit on the fence with la galaxy because I, i'm not sure if they have an identity right now and that identity always was, of course, that they were the, the galaxy, like the Galacticos of MLS. But that's completely gone at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting that vibe at all anymore. And yeah, like we were saying, I think I think they have to have a rebound here. But with MLS, you never know. Yeah, that's true. And they signed Sigi Schmidt as their, tra- as their, their head coach. Um, one of the more experienced coaches in the league and successful coach in the league and um, of course the the brainchild uh, behind the the Seattle Sounders so um, yeah maybe maybe um, adding you know adding a young defender like Thomas Hellet Ars and uh, just building slowly but surely rebuilding um, is what they need I'll, I'll actually see them very early on this season Jack because they're coming to Vancouver um, actually, we're getting LAFC and LA Galaxy uh, within, I believe, within two weeks, back to back, in early April. So I'll be at both of those games, and I'm 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 very excited to see LAFC, um, and I'm very curious to see LA Galaxy um, and see what they're doing because, of course, you know, LAFC is going to be one of those those big tickets, and. Um, very curious to see where those two teams are developing um, and which way their development is going right now. Yeah, I mean, I think the Galaxy bringing in a lot of that experience with Ola Kamara and then, you know, you have the Dos Santos brothers and Chris Pontius and Sebastian Legit if he's healthy, and Perry Kitchen, you know, coming out with all those guys. But then you see Ashley Cole and he's 37 and you think, oh. Yeah, that's like one of the old all-stars. And it's going so much against the league trend, isn't it? Well, you know, when you look at the league trend right now, 
it's getting younger and more exciting and developing from within and then you have someone like one of the, those dinosaurs and Ashley Cole still playing at uh, LA Galaxy so it's I don't know it's it's, it's a bit of a diff- difficult one for me because that that shine is off and that's actually an interesting point to make right because maybe that's where things have gone wrong for LA Galaxy is that that they failed to make that transition from MLS being this retirement league to this league that it's currently slowly but surely morphing into, which is becoming um, almost an extension of the Latin American leagues in in a lot of ways. And I wonder, you know, of course they signed the the Dos Santos brothers, and that that was a smart move, um, in particular to tap into that market. But you 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 feel like that they almost had the hardest. They had the hardest time making that transition, and when you were, when Beckham left, their first impulse was to sign Gerard, right? And um, I just wonder if if they are because of that tradition and that history, if they, that's why one makes it so difficult for them to to slow to to turn things around. Yeah, and if they if they possibly are stuck in in the past, you know, I've been hearing about some talented players they have at uh, Los Dos LA Galaxy too, but. Uh, I don't know really how much of an impact they've been able to make so far, but yeah, it's interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, definitely. So, um, any with anything else noticeable in the draft? I mean, Vancouver picked up a defender um, in Justin Feats. Not going to say I'm Vancouver. We have we have drafted in the past. We have drafted high, but um, yeah, not always worked out um, in the best. I think um, Eric Hurtado is probably still the best draft pick that we had, and he's not always a starter. So um, not sure what to expect um, of that. Um, anyone else who's kind of standing out for you in the in the first round yeah, of just, the draft? Yeah, just Alex Roldan going to Seattle. You know, it's interesting. We see Christian Roldan already there. You, mm-hmm. you see a lot of times brothers play together. You look at the Bender brothers at Leverkusen. But, yeah. you know, usually when they come up, you wouldn't think they would both have to get drafted by the same team. But, you know, that's just one of the, the oddities of having a draft, I guess. Yeah, that's definitely a feel-good story too, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, and then there's, uh, of course, uh, Tim Kubel was the dra- drafted by uh, Toronto FC out of Louisville. He was uh, highly, highly promoted at the uh, the draft talk by um, by Gressel, who was, of course, there on, on the MLS channel and sort of talked to, because I guess he's everyone's darling right now when it comes to the draft. And he's saying like, yeah, there's my buddy. Um, I'm hoping that he's getting drafted. So he's going to the champion. Um, second round pick so we'll see how that works out uh, Chicago actually Chicago acquired a, tra- a draft pick in Mo Adams and this is an interesting one because they actually paid money for it and then they acquired a fifth round pick as a uh, fifth fifth draft pick as well um, and John Barquero um, interesting that they paid money for these you know in targeted allocation money so they must yeah, really I, see I something think those, in this those players are expected to make an impact in this first season if they were shelling out some money for them yeah they could have maybe upgraded on just a couple of contracts to and use some of that money but they decided to take john Picaro forward from wake forest whose father actually played uh, a lot in la liga so he i guess he has some of that that background as well um at least the heritage i guess that's what they're hoping but um yeah and then mo adams like you said another midfielder out of syracuse so taking some players that they think are, are going to be able to help them out this year yeah and then Atlanta of course take John Gallagher 
a forward. Atlanta's forward line is, is very strong, though. So I guess this is one for the future. Yeah, possibly, especially with uh, ETL United 2 going into um, USL. So they'll need players there. And it's I think it's a great place for some of these younger players to develop if they're maybe if they're not necessarily ready just right out of the draft. Yeah, and then the other interesting thing was uh, three goalkeepers taken at 19, 20, 21. This is something you see in, in NHL all the time. <laughs> you know, in the later in the later parts of the first round, and then all of a sudden there's three keepers available, and they get taken. Boom, boom, boom. Um, that's exactly what happened here uh, with Jeff Caldwell going to NYCFC, and then uh, uh, Michael Nelson going to Houston Dynamo, and then Ben Lundgaard going to uh, Columbus, um, or should we say Austin? We don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe by the time he gets to the first team, but. I th- yeah, I think if you have a pick near the bottom of the first round, it might be worth just taking the the best goalkeeper available because it's kind of for the long term and it's not going to be too expensive. You can kind of shape them how you want to. They just got out of college, but then you can get your coaching staff to work with them right away, maybe correct any bad habits that you've seen there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I believe it was Michael Nelson that they, they the goalkeeping school, Houston Dynamo, they're really hoping to get the teeth into him. So um, it will be interesting to see. But yeah, not. I mean, it, the question always is, how will these players develop? Will we actually see any of them? Will be there Julian Kressel in there? Um, you know, someone who can make an impact right away. It's, it's going to be an interesting one to follow. And I guess when when we watch the early parts of the season some of this will will shape up quite nicely and uh, the prospects and the new players coming in uh, will be an interesting one to follow yeah and then you know just looking at the the contracts Gressel last year made it was 75,000 base 93,000 max salary so for less than 2,000 a week that's really a bargain yeah definitely because yeah you look at Kenwin Jones and Kenwin Jones made more than four times as much yeah, that's that's crazy when you think about it. I, I bet you Julian Gressel is not making that little this year. <laughs> Eventually, no, I think he's on the. He'll be on the same contract. I think. Yeah, I mean, a little. It will go up a little bit, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I won't much longer. I mean, I I read an interesting interview of Julian Gressel. Of course, he's, there's a lot of talk about him back in Germany. So I'm curious to see um, what his future holds because sooner or later, well, this is his last year on contract actually so um yeah you're probably right he's probably still under the same contract but um his contract runs up at the end of the season so i I guess atlanta will will have to will have to do something about this because i I can see him having a lot of choices Mm -hmm. by the time this season is up yeah and being at least in the terms of his old contract worth significantly more money than that so um that's interesting to see i think we can use that in transition to a little bit about the free agency we had and big money young players that'd be Ezekiel Barco signing for LN United for 15 million the league record transfer yeah that's uh I mean there was it there was a there was a hashtag right Barco watch yeah, <laughs> yeah. Atlanta United it um, seemed like it was dragging on forever but you know finally got it done we have we have a fantastic scouting report uh Nico wrote a fantastic scouting report for Football Zidage um uh, it's it's up there and it's you know Ezequiel Baku looks looks like the real deal it's a fantastic player and this is sort of what we touched on earlier right the the fact that teams 
the fact that someone goes and spends this kind of money on an 18-year-old Argentine midfielder, attacking midfielder, as opposed to someone like David Beckham, that's a real culture change for me. And I feel like Atlanta United are um, at the vanguard of this because they, of course, they already did something similar last year, right? Um, going very young, going very Latin American, um, very good coaching staff there. Tito, uh, Tito um, uh, Gerardo Martino, of course, being the, the head coach. And it's, it's really fascinating watching what they're doing and um, the way they're putting together their team. And um, I personally have a feeling that they are going to really challenge for that title this year. Yeah, we saw them have some struggles early in the season, um, some fitness issues maybe, but they worked it out and really were in great form heading into the playoffs. It didn't work out for them. They lost in the shootout to Columbus, but um, I mean, they, they could have gone beaten Columbus and maybe gone through to the final if they got hot. You know, that's how the playoffs work. And they'll probably be gunning to, to not be in that same wildcard situation. But, you know, I think they're one of the teams that really should be expected to be one of the top teams not only in the east but in mls and part of that is because of barco but part is that part of that is because of all their their other talented players that are really developing well they held on to all their players and added right i mean last season you often saw them play in a 4-3-3 um, and that 4-3-3 included players like joseph martinez up front um, almiron in midfield gressel in midfield But they added to that. I mean, they brought in uh, Darlington Nakbe and they brought in Barco. And that's that's scary stuff. I mean, when I look at their lineup now, it's uh, a definitely a remarkable, remarkable lineup. I mean, uh, Hector Villalba is still there too, right? So Yeah, I think they've just lost Yamil Assad. That's it. That's, but I mean, but they, they replaced him with Alba and Almiron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just the thing is that he was only on loan, so that's it's too bad they could have cashed in on him and even, you know. But that's just how the the money situation I think works out at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it looks like that that they actually swapped Yamil Assad out for for Baco. Yeah, because he just had a he just was on loan last year. Yeah, but that's. I mean, when you look at it, they, they, they also brought the Nakbe. I mean, where are they going to put all these guys? Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's um, the, the other thing that I'm not even going to try to to the mathematics on this right now on this podcast because I think everyone's head will explode. How is this going to fit in with the salary cap? This is another question I'm going to ask because like, uh, I'm just trying to figure out all, all the math that they behind all these deals and signing someone like uh, Barco for 11 million. Uh, for 11 million euros is is a big deal um, or 50 million dollars as you said and yeah during the month and all that it's just um, it's a little bit difficult to comprehend how they exactly did it yeah I guess that's kind of the magic of the designated player slot is that mm. the the salary is not going to count against the salary cap in that situation so yeah I mean we'll, we'll, we'll see um, but I mean when you have Gressel on Yeah. 2000 a week you're doing well yeah but you will have i guess next year is going to be the tricky part for them because they will have to re yeah, resign yeah. some of these players and um yeah i think that's when maybe we could see them cash in on both selling them abroad or even within mls because you could see almiron if i don't know there were rumors that arsenal were going to pay 30 million for him that would do a lot you know yeah that's true 
and another good season for Almiron in this league um, would help them. And I guess that's also why they why they brought Embarco, knowing full well that they might at some point lose Almiron, and then they have a one to one replacement. Um, you know, Summer is of course the dangerous one, which is which is of course difficult for MLS if they all of a sudden become a league that gets targeted by the big European clubs and being on that spring to fall schedule means that you could lose one of your key players halfway through the season um, and you know we'll have to make adjustments so uh, some people said they, they signed Barco for all this money now because then if Almiron is off in the summer to a big European club then they have someone in the wings already to replace him yeah exactly and you know he's going to integrate well with the team and that style of play so it's really kind of really a perfect deal it looks like so far hopefully it pans out just as well as it's looking on paper you know for Atlanta yeah I'm, I'm excited to see Atlanta this year I, I was already excited about seeing them last year uh, but this year I think that there's an extra little bit added so yeah cool development and I, I, I yeah it's, it's maybe maybe I mean when, when we get closer to the season uh, we we can make some met um, some bets and see who's the favorites to win it all. But yeah, maybe early shout out among the favorites, I would say. Um, some transfer stories. The other clubs, Jack Harrison to Stoke. Um, you put this in, Jack. What's the latest on that? He's of course plays for NYCFC. Uh, he is originally from Stoke, actually Stoke on Trent, um, but developed over in in north america and um actually another player that was drafted and has done quite well quite well in mls and they now is now talk that he could head back to england via mls which is interesting yeah so it's not really exactly like paul pogba you know but if stoke are gonna have to pay four and a half million for someone that was in the born in the area around there that's not the best but still it could be a great homecoming for him and four and a half million dollars is not a ton of money but it would be the biggest one of the biggest sales in mls history and the biggest since matt miazga going to chelsea for five million back in january 2016 so two years and you know it shows that there is really good talent developing in mls that's going to serve other leagues well also you know the question is still i mean we all know the connection between New York City and Manchester City same ownership right um, are they do they need the money or is this just money for the salary cap or is this money um, where, where will this go and this, this is a really interesting question right and long term future for this club is to become a developing team for Manchester City so is Jack Harrison someone that the the parent club back in Manchester doesn't seem as good enough to play for Manchester right now or is that is that something that they um, just say well if you if we find if we get money for him now um, we might have room to do something different with our squad yeah yeah it's interesting to look at it that way and you know because it's not necessarily up to the team to sell the player but as the league as we've seen with the Edlin in the past you know so um, I don't know I don't know if it's how much of it is up to city or i mean i'm sure they could say no we're not selling the player but at the same time uh, it's it's hard to know yeah it's a good question he is a u21 uh, england national team player uh, that's developed in mls i don't think you see that very often um 
this might actually be the the first case of that right uh, i can't think of anyone else who yeah probably so i mean it does this 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 is another thing that really much plays and a lot of people still look down very much on this league but there is players that are being developed here and that are very good i mean we, we're gonna talk we have the next example right now in kyle laren right uh canadian national team player was heavily linked with or was heavily linked or still is heavily linked with Besiktas um, in Turkey that's another player developed in MLS and um, who has done reasonably well in in MLS in the yeah last he was rookie seasons. of the year one yeah, of, he was the number exactly. one draft pick out of UConn a couple of years ago and scored 16 goals as a rookie year. I think he had 12 last year mm-hmm. but um, yeah, today we saw video of him training with Besiktas and not training in preseason with Orlando City. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's that points to quite a few things. But this is not uncommon that, you know, players go over to to Europe to get training sessions from MLS. Remember, there was the, the big story, of course, a month ago was that Alfonso Davis got invited to train with Manchester United and uh, that was declined by... Um, the club um, by Vancouver Whitecaps actually didn't want this to go through. But Davis, I think, as well said, well, this, this might be too much of a distraction. But you do see that, that players go in the offseason to train in Europe. That doesn't necessarily mean a transfer is going to happen. But, um, of course, Besiktas have Hutchinson, you know, a Canadian in the team. So there, there is, seems to be a strong connection. Yeah, and it, I think it's what you would want as a young player, having someone that you could rely on, another Canadian in Atiba Hutchinson. Uh, otherwise, it would be really, really a strange move, I think. But since there's that that link, it's maybe not as strange. Yeah, and I mean, his numbers are really good. He scores a goal every second game right now. Yeah. That's that's decent. And I mean, there's still a lot of, lot of time for him to to develop and for Canadian soccer it'd be good to see him maybe play in Europe and get that playing time in Turkey and Besiktas of course they just lost the striker right and Cenk Tozund he went to Everton and they've been strongly linked with Chicharito and I think that deal is I'm not sure if that's going to happen so they are they're desperately looking for a striker and um this could be a good opportunity for him to go to a league like Turkey that's not one of the best leagues but it's a good league and um, just develop and then get some Champions League action as well and really make, make a name for himself and that's something in mean, Canadian national team uh, for better or worse or rather for worse is you know <laughs> has really struggled um, has made a coaching change without even being in a competition right now um, promoting the the women's coach Hartmann to the men's coach job. Actually, promoting is the wrong word. Demoting him because he's coming from an excellent team to a not very good team. Yeah. So I, I, let's let's set that straight. I actually don't really promoted him. They actually demoted him for some odd reason. He sees it as a promotion, but uh, I mean, buddy, you were working for a team that could one day win the World Cup. It's not going to happen for Canada, but. Um, it's it's an interesting one because the Canadian national team does have some interesting prospects and, and some very, very good players coming through the system. But the, the age gap is so weird. You have a lot of young players coming in, but there's almost no experience. Atiba Hutchinson is really the only one. And there's a really, very big lag in players playing in Europe. Again, Hutchinson is the only one. So I feel like Laren going to Besiktas, and maybe if he does well there, that could open the door for a few other Canadians to make that move. And... 
help the, help this team. I mean, they need any help they can get right now. Yeah, I think any exposure for Canada is, like you said, would definitely be huge. Yeah. And that brings us to the next Canadian kid, um, Balu Tabla, who I was really excited about when he first came into this league. And there is a rumor he's going to Barcelona now, Jack. That's, that would be uh, for Canada soccer. I mean, they would blast us all over social media if this happens. It'd be the biggest success of the country ever in terms of football. Yeah, and then you would, I think, be hoping he stays with Canada because he was born in Ivory Coast and I think could represent them, obviously. But he's represented Canada at the U18 and U20 levels and at just 18, but he's, he's been with the Impact since he's 16, played a year in USL and a year in MLS. Um, so I think this is a guy that we don't really know that much about, as at least as far as where his best position is because he's played on both flanks mm. uh, as a left mid and a right mid and on both wings, you know, as well. So and as well as through the center as an attacking midfielder so um he doesn't score a ton of goals in last season in mls two goals and two assists and in usl he had five goals and three assists the the prior year but you know he's he's still a really young guy and it's crazy to see him linked with barcelona you know it's it's exciting I saw him um, in one of the games, actually, the Bastian Schweinsteiger debut. He scored for Montreal, and I, I, I thought he, he looked really good for a young kid, you know, coming in. Um, just turned 18 at the time, and he, he bossed that midfield. And Montreal have a, have a good team, so for him to break into that side... It's no small feat. I mean, there's, you see it more and more now that young players through the academies are coming up and making an impact in the teams that develop them. And this is, I mean, this is something that we just pointed out with the draft. The draft is such an odd mechanism because it gives the, the teams access to the college players. But a lot of these teams in Canada, especially, they have very good academies. Uh, Montreal has a very good academy system. Vancouver has, has I believe, has 2,000 academies um, all over the country, spread all over the country, where they're trying to identify young players coming through the system. And there is, the talent is there. And you see, I find it's kind of almost a growing up process of the league right now that they are able to identify that talent nurture it and bring it in and actually give them playing time and because mls isn't it's it's getting the league is getting better and better but because it isn't a european top league yet you can almost throw these players in and give them playing time which i mean is fantastic because it will help the league grow long term as well yeah exactly it's not like we've seen managers be hesitant in the Premier League and Serie A and even in La Liga, you know, in Liga and in Bundesliga where it's great for young players to develop. But um, like you said, in MLS, there is a, a little bit less pressure and some of these players have shown that they can do it. So you, you have to keep giving them chances. Yeah, definitely. But um, staying with Montreal, they also signed a designated player. Uh, a designated player is not a guy pre-retirement age he's a 25 year old algerian with a french passport which, which makes sense you know language is a big thing in montreal um the french language is sacred in in quebec so um bringing someone in with that language background is very important but it's interesting too that they're bringing in someone as a designated player who's 25 can speak the language and has played in a very good league uh, in the Serie A with bologna yeah, he's bounced around a little bit, Safir Tider has, but, you know, he has 42 caps for Algeria, five goals. Uh, I believe he was at the World Cup, you know, so they're 
you know, there's a, a pedigree for him there. He went on loan to Southampton, didn't really, I don't think he even played, but um, a little bit around in Italy with Inter and with Bologna, but still only 25, but has been playing really top flight football since he's been about 18. So, you know, it's always kind of been there for him, but maybe MLS will get the best out of him. Yeah, Montreal are actually a well-run team. Um, not a great season last year, but the season prior, they went to the the semifinals, right? And it was the Battle of Canada between them and Toronto to determine the the, the team that made the final uh, in the East. Uh, in uh, sorry, in the the MLS Cup final, and um, he is. He's joining a team that's well run and has a very strong identity, um, very much embedded into that that francophone culture. And um, I think coming with the background and the the experience that he has, he will a add a lot to the team. And um, I think you know playing a role that's very going to be very important to get Montreal back to where they want to be. And it's an interesting one. I mean. We're going to we're going to discuss another central midfielder in a moment here, but that seems to be really what teams are trying to do right now, right? Is to bolster that midfield, and they're all going for players, um, or most of them are going for players that were still in their prime. Yeah, I think if you get a, a midfielder that can really dictate the game, and uh, it's not necessarily that you just bring in a forward and they're going to score bags of goals. You know, you have to have someone to provide the service, and if you start with at the base of the midfield, that's probably a good place to strengthen really the spine of your team mm. yeah definitely now from one midfielder to another Lee Nguyen um, I haven't followed the story very much so you need to update me on this he is the captain of the revolution but he didn't show up for preseason training camp what's happening there yeah yeah so Lee Wynn wants to get a trade out of New England and just you know another player trying to hold out i guess to force a move and his contract is guaranteed in 2018 and then there's club options for 2019 and 2020 so possibly trying to get out of that um just trying to get out of new england apparently it does not have anything to do with new coach brad Friedel coming in mm. but you know not really not really getting a, a chance to show what he can do under the new coach and 51 goals and 49 assists in 191 games last year 11 goals 15 assists so a pretty pretty solid forward yeah someone they need so yeah I, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one um interesting that as a captain you would choose to go down that route and maybe some some issues in new england in terms of how to structure that team so um it's an interesting developing story but uh very interesting developing story and jack i was very excited about this um basti's coming back i mean you know he's resigning for chicago um, yeah he's been uh, loving life in chicago so it's yeah. it's a great move for both him and the fire and schweinsteiger was really good last year and what he's only what 32 or 33 now so i think there's still a lot left in the tank oh i i'm just i'm so stoked he's coming back um i'm not so happy because i'm actually going to be in russia at the at the world cup when he's when he's chicago how, how come they're not taking a break when you know when there's an international tournament well there there is a little bit of a break at the beginning of the world cup but i think they assume that by the end of the knockout rounds most of the countries that mls players represent will be back mm. playing for the league so i mean unless we're seeing ezekiel barco in the argentina side and they're getting really deep yeah. into the tournament you know a lot of teams like 
um, maybe Panama, traditionally the United States and Mexico are usually not going into the the last eight. And if so, maybe the players aren't always in MLS. So I think they assume that, you know, not too much of an impact is going to be missed. Yeah, unfortunately, it just means that I, I was I was hoping to get an interview with him in Vancouver and Chicago play in Vancouver. But yeah, I'm going to be at the big stage in Russia instead. <laughs> um, that said, we'll, we'll get him. We'll get him because we'll just send Tim instead, and he'll he'll, he'll nail that down for us. So, <laughs> um, uh, but that's that's all good. But yeah, that's that's really good news. I think um, I, I spoke to someone who who works closely with Schweinsteiger when I was in Munich. Um, Basti is of course not hometown but pretty much hometown and um, I was told by by this person that the he loves life in Chicago and at that stage I was said he already said to me look he's going to renew his contract he's going to stay there um, it's really just a matter for them to nail things down Anna of course Anna Ivanovic um, had a kid right they had a kid there their family is expanded but they're really loving life there they love the fact that they can just go out and uh, be normal people um, something that is tricky when you play in other places and um, he loves playing in this league it's a, it's a huge adventure for him um, that's that's something that he really stated that we, when they travel as a team it's kind of like traveling um, because MLS doesn't have always have chartered flights right a lot of the flights are actually normal airline flights and he's really loving that part that you just go from one airport to another and you're basically traveling around like kind of like a school group and <laughs> He said that's something really quite exciting because you also have time to see the different cities that you go in. So he's loving life in MLS. He loves playing for Chicago. And the question, though, is he said that he really wants to win silverware. Now, I did an article on Football Cidade and the Eastern Conference is tough. It's a very tough conference um, to get out of. And then you have to still beat someone like Seattle in the final doesn't seem like they have done enough quite yet for me. I mean, they, we're talking about David Arkham, of course, they, they moved to Philadelphia and they brought the money in exchange um, to maybe do something different. Um, but I feel like that team doesn't quite have the right amount of depth yet to, to really challenge for a title, even with Bastian Schweinsteiger in the side. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's lucky then that they have a open designated player spot available. Mm. They have some allocation money, both Tam and Gam, that can be used. So, I mean, January, we still have a week left, so that could le- maybe, I don't know. I don't know if they can just bring in another foreign player, maybe spend some money in the transfer market, or if they're going to leave it up to just the players that they drafted. Because, like you said, he's looking to win some silverware. Maybe with some improvement, they could try to... Uh, make a little bit better of a run in the open cup as last year they lost to fc cincinnati on penalties mm. uh that was i know that was a tough moment for uh schweinsteiger as he'd been substituted out by that point um so if they could maybe i don't know what they can do maybe they can maybe they could bring someone else in as a designated player at least on loan mm, yeah i think you know the the ownership really wants to spend right Andrew Hopman the ownership the owner of the club said they really want to spend more money and I guess the yeah big, I, th- I think it's kind of their window you know yeah. it's, it's, this is their chance to win now yeah and I guess signing Schweinsteiger and this has only been a few days ago that this happened was that first step and now they can approach other players and say look we, we, we have Schweinsteiger in the side um, come join us there's something something happening here so 
yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting times. I'm I'm really curious to see what they're going to do because I'm 100% certain that something else will be done with Chicago and um, that they're not a, I, I actually expect that they will bring in another big name player um, possibly in defense because they have a great goal scorer their midfield with Dax McCarty and Schweinsteiger is, is quite strong so maybe add like someone in defense just to strengthen that back line uh, a little bit more um, that would make a lot of sense to me but we'll, we'll see I mean uh, watch the space because I think there's going to be another big designated player coming into Chicago yeah it looks like it because um, yeah they could be very competitive now and with just about five weeks left until the the start of the season you know it's really getting into that time like you said signing Schweinsteiger taking the first steps and having that to to show to players that's going to mean a lot well I think it's going to come down to what happens in the European transfer window right who's going to be left out who's going to be unhappy about where they are and I think that's kind of what happened with Schweinsteiger and Manchester United that he wasn't 100% happy there and then this this opportunity and it is a it was a great opportunity for everyone involved came up and he went for it so that was in march i believe of last year right so i think maybe something similar will happen this time around yeah yeah that's that's a good point to make as well um yeah so, so some teams are getting back to work on monday with the start of preseason and we'll see some some games between mls teams and as well as other north american sides from lower divisions so I think it's good to see teams getting back into the swing of things after the draft, after some free agency, but obviously still a lot to do for a lot of clubs. Yeah, I love this time of the year when teams get ready. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of playing football manager. And for me, the, the most fun part was always the preseason when you put the team together. And I, I feel like now when I, when I report on the league, it's almost the same thing when you report on it. It's like so much fun seeing all the pieces, the little pieces come together and these teams kind of growing. And uh, as this league is becoming more popular, you, you pay, pay a lot more attention to it. So it's, it's really interesting. This is an interesting time of the year to watch it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you're just, like you said, you're just seeing those squads come together and it's all speculation. Everything's new and everyone believes, I think everyone has to believe that they can win the league, you know? Mm -hmm. You have to at least try. Exactly. But speaking of uh, believing in winning, <laughs> the, there is a bit of an election going on in the United States. And no, it's not the president of the United States. It's the president of the USSF. Now, this is this is a big impact on the entire region, um, mostly because Canada Canada's league system is very much intertwined. Yes, there's a Canadian Premier League coming in next year, um, which is very exciting news for Canadian soccer, but uh, the, the big teams are still going to play in MLS. So um, you wrote this down, and I mean, this is a big topic, promotion relegation. I know if I drop promotion relegation on Twitter, uh, there's a couple of accounts that would get uh, very aggressive very fast on, on Twitter sphere about MLS, about promotion relegation. I have a very strong opinion about promotion relegation i believe promotion relegation is the foundation of this game but um usl president jack edwards uh he or he candidate right um he says they they could they could bring it in between division two and three is that a good first step or is that not enough i oh well, yeah because he is he is the usl president right now and mm -hmm. usl operates uh pdl the pro development league as well and yep. next year usl will have a second division right be right below the current usl which is the second division so they'll have divisions two and three and possibly even four in the future so 
Um, they they could, I think, try to test out promotion relegation in this country through that method. And like you said, with the USSF presidential race, that's been, I think, one strong topic. We haven't really had, I know there was the, the coaches convention in Philadelphia this weekend, but there wasn't really a forum for those candidates to debate with each other, kind of just answering questions or posing the, their own questions on social media is what, what we've seen so far. Mm. Yeah, I guess, I mean, as the, the, that election drags on, depending on who wins, we'll see who, what the topic promotion relegation is, is such a hot one, right? And uh, I guess one day we'll have to discuss it in a sort of atmosphere that doesn't get hostile right away because it does, I mean, I follow it on Twitter and um it's it's if you if you drop the promotion relegation word there's a couple of accounts out there that get very aggressive very fast uh, without pointing any names on you know I, but yeah there's a few out there uh, personally i think we need it uh, i think that mls as is is big enough now i would i would close it and i would say make mls2 and then introduce promotion relegation but um jack is so a couple, couple more things that we need to discuss before we need to wrap this up schedule um yeah we're we're only about a month five weeks away uh, we know the home fixtures um looking at all the fixtures what's the one that excites you the most um i just i want to see lafc in action you know and they're against the runners-up the champion two years ago seattle sounders traveling to seattle and you know, I think that's the first game on Sunday. The season starts on Saturday, March 3rd. But um, I think that's going to be a great matchup as well as, uh, I don't know, FC Dallas against Real Salt Lake. There's some good matchups in week one. And I don't know. You're, I know you're going to say probably the Houston Dynamo against Atlanta United on Saturday, March 3rd. Yeah, that's a good one. And then, of course, uh, keeping an eye on Vancouver Whitecaps um, hosting Montreal. Right, I got that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right after uh, Sounders LAFC. Yeah, so um, we'll uh, possibly. I actually will be at this game, um, so that's definitely going to be one that I'm going to keep an eye on, and uh, we'll heavily report from as well. Yeah, I mean, it, with with the season kicking off, Toronto against Columbus Crew, I think it's, it's always great to see the defending champs back in action. Mm-hmm. The first game when you have a schedule like this, where not all the games are maybe at the same time like in in other leagues that we could see across the world but um yeah and then that canadian clash whitecaps against impact that will be fun as well i'm sure for you looking forward to seeing that report from there oh yeah um we're doing a little bit different this this year we already started last year that we we tried to get interviews after every every game so we're doing the same thing for this we'll we'll target a couple players and then have have some good interviews on on the football grad network so uh, the first one will be um at that game and um you know want to go down to seattle at some point as well uh, and cover them as well especially in the Concacaf champions league when the mexican teams get involved so um that's something to look forward to uh speaking of mexican teams jack you guys lost the prospect and i feel like U.S. soccer really did a boo-boo there because looking back and seeing how it all developed with Jonathan Gonzalez, um, they kind of missed the train. Maybe they were focused too much on stealing prospects from the the German youth setup, um, ignoring this kid that there was right underneath their nose. Yeah, exactly. Right in their own backyard, Jonathan Gonzalez. Now FIFA has approved his one-time switch from uh, United States to Mexico, so he'll be representing 
their senior national team in the future. And it's been a big, I think, a really sore spot for a lot of U.S. soccer fans. It should just be. Just because of how it went down, you know? It's it's really unacceptable and with the resources available to not... I don't know if it's true, if the scouts never went to his house, you know, that's... Yeah, I don't know what, like, what the deal is with that, you know? Uh, okay, yeah, so... Well, I heard that A, the scouts didn't go to his house and, and B, he wasn't called up for some of the, the friendly games that they had. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. There's, of course, a lot of talk now that Latin American players get ignored, right? Um, a, that's been a sore spot. And I, I watch Liga MX quite a lot. I watched Monterey. Monterey were the best team, um, except for in the final, which they unfortunately lost to Tigres, uh, their city rivals. And he, he started every game for them. You know, in a league that's that that it's a very good league down in Mexico, and not not giving him the call up is is almost unforgivable. And you you see things like the uh, USSF poaching players from Germany and focusing on them, and then they ignore this kid. I, I just, it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me uh, why how this could happen, um, and how how they could ignore this. So yeah. I I don't know. It's it's something that I guess U.S. soccer has to. It, it plays into this whole U.S. soccer debate, and uh, how they they seem to almost ignore minorities to to a certain extent. Yeah, definitely, and hopefully that's something that changes either through this presidential election or just this issue coming up, and maybe people all seeing it because I think sometimes with these things, they do go under the radar, and now it's a big player that it's happened to. Uh, awareness will be raised mm, yeah, and then hopefully changes you know because that's I don't know there's this, always debates of if the player is actually American if they should play for the national team no if I mean if they're the best player you should want them representing the United States mm, exactly exactly and I mean this is this is I yeah I, I personally uh, Jonathan Gonzalez I enjoy watching him and I, I'm pretty sure we'll see him in Europe very soon there's a lot of teams interested in him um, so uh, I think he, he's a fantastic player but um, speaking of youth prospects there's also good news Tyler Booth from Real Salt Lakes Youth Academy uh, real quick one on this one because we are almost running out of time but he's heading to Bayern München apparently um, yeah I don't I don't know if that's exactly the case because like we said about these ports and he's 16 uh we have no idea if he has a european passport or not and he is being linked with Bayern munich but it's i mean i think there's a lot of details missing in the middle of the equation i don't see how it's going to get done even if it has been you know reported it was reported today by kicker we had seen stuff kind of at the beginning of the year coming out but nothing really too definitive yeah, Bayern are spending a lot of money on the youth academy right now. So they're bringing in players from all over the place. Um, if this does happen, he will be playing at the at the junior level uh, at first. He's 16, right? So a couple of years there. And then um, there's, there's, of course, there's issues with, with his passport. He can't play in uh, Bayern München's reserve side. And Bayern München's reserve side, contrary to some reports that we saw online, do not play in Bundesliga 2, but they play in the Regionalliga Bayern, which is the fourth division. Um, and he can't play there because that's, technically speaking, an amateur league. And 
players with a non-EU passport cannot play there. So they would have to figure that out. Maybe he has a German grandmother somewhere. Um, I have to do check out his heritage with Christian Pulisic, of course. That's an, that's an example that comes to mind very quickly, right? Because Christian Pulisic was able to play for Dortmund's um, amateur side. But because he had a Croatian passport, Croatia is part of the European Union, union so he, he could play there. But it's an yeah, interesting. Josh, Josh Sargent had to a, had a wait, you know, he has to wait till his birthday yeah. to play for Bremen. So, yeah. So there you go. Um, so something something to, to keep in mind. Maybe Talib, I mean, we don't know all the details. Maybe he has a, a UK passport or some kind of European citizenship. Um, so something to keep in mind. But yeah, Jack, we're pretty much out of time. So, um, what what do you want to what do you want to uh, get people's attention towards uh what have you been up to where can people find you on twitter yeah i've been we've been really busy over at scouted lately getting ready to drop that handbook next month the third annual scouted football handbook and you know working with scouted says so you can find them on twitter at scouted ftbl and me at jack grimsey on twitter so yeah i don't know just just up to the same kind of stuff you know Awesome stuff. Yeah, same here. Uh, lots of football grad li- at football grad live stuff on Twitter. Um, this podcast, we have a good lots of podcasts, of course, with more on Jonathan Gonzalez. The Gegenpressing podcast is all. We are on Pierre Aubameyang watch. Uh, one of these days, I'm pretty sure he'll go to Arsenal. And then, of course, the football grad podcast is coming out too. So, yeah, lots of things going on. And all of that can be found at football grad live. And you can follow me at Manuel Weff. And if you have questions about this podcast or any other podcast, um, give us a shout. We're, we're always happy to discuss. I mean, we had a great discussion today on, um, on at football grad live because of questions that were sent to us. So, um, yeah, it's, it's always, it's always fun to interact. So please send us your thoughts, your ideas. Uh, we're happy to discuss everything. Well, yeah and your fee- and your feedback as yeah, well we like to hear ab- that so absolutely definitely uh positive or negative please let us know well guys that's it jack um i guess until next time eh yep have a good one thanks for listening cheers guys It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.